Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. I am Doug, and these are some of my acute mental neuroses. Um, there's something I talked about last week or didn't talk about last week, so we're just going to jump right into that, and it'll kind of go along uh, a few. It'll kind of be a thread through a few other things. I've talked about kind of the dark times in my life, um, and. I'm going to try to kind of go all the way back and see about the positive and negative reinforcements of my history with alcohol, um, which has been a detrimental uh, yet driving force in my life, unfortunately. Uh, that's why it's detrimental. Um, I know I'm starting out kind of shitty. Um, don't worry, there's fun stuff at the end. Um, possibly. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But the fun stuff... I guess, you know, I mean, started when, uh, the fun stuff with alcohol, um, you know, when, you know, I was probably in, you know, early high school to high school, you know, when we, you know, experimented with, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, alcohol kind of socially lubricated me and kind of deadened, um, or dulled that, uh, social anxiety that I would have course become uh semi-famous for for having on their show but it kind of you know it brought me out of my shell um and i think that was unfortunately a positive reinforcement to drink that i couldn't be myself without drinking um if i didn't drink i was quiet withdrawn um only comfortable in in you know small groups of people i, I knew extremely well so i think you know drinking kind of brought me out of my shell um, and that's, once again, positively reinforced drinking at a young age, as well as my friends enabling me, not that I necessarily blamed them. They didn't shove it down my throat. Um, I gladly took it. That, you know, they were like, oh, come on, like, you're so funny, like, meh, drink, you know, um, you know, or, or I would just be quiet and they would go, oh, he's not having fun, we gotta get another beer in him, or, uh, you know, some whiskey or something. Um, and then kind of jump ahead a couple more years I could probably see it now, hindsight being 2020, but probably uh, the beginnings of the seeds uh, germinating inside of me of the bad reasons I would drink in years to come. Um, probably in my earliest of 20s. Um, I was still drinking for fun. You know, I turned 21. I was one of the first ones that turned 21 out of my group as I'm about six months older than everybody based on the cutoff of school starting on my birthday and blah, 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 blah. Um, yada, 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 since Seinfeld just, uh, uh, celebrated an anniversary. So, once again, it's a social lubricant, um, and Deb has talked about this, um, to me personally, uh, off air, um, that I had this weird ability that, um, there's a thing called the golden hour, and the golden hour is when while drinking, you are as smart and funny and charming as you think you are. And Deb realized that I had this ability to kind of almost subconsciously recognize that golden hour and kind of pace myself to be able to stretch it for as long as I possibly could, making me kind of a, you know, kind of a roguish life of the party. Once again, positive reinforcement for a negative behavior. Um, by the time I get into my mid-twenties, I am now, you know, drinking at home, um, sometimes alone, uh, never a good thing, because it's like, I, I like the feeling of being drunk, and what that feeling is, 
is it's deadening all the crap in my head. Um, at that point, I am now at a place where I'm drinking to, to numb myself of negative emotions, uh, whether it be boredom or depression or just running away from the, the demons in my head, the little monsters that just keep screaming in my brain. At that point, uh, mid-twenties, I am in a um, long-term monogamous relationship, and that's when, you know, I think the, um, the glamour of drinking A started rubbing off, and B, some of my control issues um, started coming out, and I would drink to offset those, to numb that, the negative feelings, and then, of course, it affects the people around me and and that kind of thing cut to you know after the end of that monogamous relationship i now drink to numb that pain my tolerance becomes higher i become closer to a high functioning alcoholic um it was after that breakup that a month later i lost a job i'd had for eight years um i just decided the, the owners and i just decided to part ways um they were going to be changing the kind of the business theme and I wanted kind of no part in it so we decided to you know on good terms just go uh, you go your way I'll go my way but the one-two punch of losing uh, a long-term relationship and losing a long-term job I think drove me to drink a bit more I think that um, getting a new job very quickly but being around a whole new set of people um, not only was drinking a way to socialize with them uh, after work but it was a way to kind of once again, dull that social anxiety, being around a bunch of new people, I don't really know that well, and especially after being at a job for eight years where I knew the ins and outs of everybody. It was, you know, uh, incredibly um, anxiety-ridden to to be around a whole new set of people, and, uh, you know, will they get my humor? You know, what can I say that's appropriate or not appropriate? I, I'm not known for my filter uh, at the time. Still not really. So, once again, you have this kind of high tolerance. Um, I end up in another, uh, what would be long, uh, longish relationship, um, based pretty much exclusively on nerd shit and drinking. At this point, everything kind of comes to a head, and the drinking kind of takes over, and Doug kind of goes, you know, to the back seat. Um, the alcohol starts driving me, uh, control issues, uh, fighting, verbal abuse... Um, you know, knock down, drag out, you know, uh, verbally violent fights, um, and just, uh, you know, spending more money, um, and living well without, outside of my means to supply the alcohol. Um, and if, you know, I was low on cash, instead of going to a bar, I would buy a big bottle of cheap whiskey and, you know, a Coke, and I would just get smashed and, you know, pass out and then, you know, wake up, you know, go to work, uh, get off work, get drunk, pass out. If I had to work a late night and then an early morning and I was off early, I would get drunk, pass out, wake up, you know, work a quick morning. And then at like eight in the morning, I would be awake and I'd be like, well, I need to go back to sleep. So I'm going to get drunk again and pass out. And usually I'd still be drunk. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I wasn't taking care of my problems. I wasn't. I wasn't in a position to be able to evaluate myself and say, "Look, this is ridiculous," and I don't think there was anyone around me who that I would listen to. There, there really wasn't. This once again goes into now my early thirties, 
Um, I get into a relationship I should not have been in. Um, the girl's great. I, I just, I wasn't in a place. I was, you know, controlling and abusive and just the alcohol had, had completely saturated me and I wasn't myself anymore and I felt out of control and that triggered a bunch of shit and it triggered a bunch of stuff with my dad and, uh, you know, it, it took a, a very bad night, bad, bad couple nights, actually. Um, I was at a job where I wasn't earning much money and it, it you know, I didn't feel good about myself. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I was, other people were taking care of me, which... I'm not blaming them, but that, you know, enabled me to keep doing what I was doing. Um, what I was doing, I, I, I was, it was under the guise of help. Um, you know, help me. I'm, you know, this job kind of sucks and I need a little help this month. But really what I was saying was, you know, you know, pay this for me so that I can save my own money and buy booze and just numb myself 24 hours a day. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, so... You know, but it took a couple bad nights, and uh, I ended up in a bad place, and uh, that was my big kind of wake-up call. And like they say, like you know, junkies don't bounce; they hit the ground and uh, hit rock bottom. And uh, you know, it's funny that you know she meant in the terms of the relationship, but someone close to me said, you know, you can't fix this. This relationship is broken. You need to walk away. Um, I took that initially as me. I can't fix me. Um, and through, you know, year, uh, over a year of therapy and, um, getting clean and sober, I, I fixed, well, I didn't fix me completely. I'm, I'm probably about 80, 85% fixed. Um, I still have my moments. Um, but you know, I've talked about stumbling blocks before. Um, and this kind of, and that's really my, you know, my, my history with alcohol. It's just... You know, this really dark spiral of, you know, starting with, you know, well, it makes me funny and it makes me the life of the party and it gets me out of my shell and, you know, people like me when I'm drunk and then it, you know, I like me when I'm drunk and I like me only when I'm drunk and, you know, I hate myself when I'm sober. That's what it turned into. Ultimately, it was I hate myself when I'm sober and I would drink to not feel that self-loathing. Um, and, and the things that came along with it and the blame, and I didn't want to face the accountability of my own self-loathing. No one would. Um, it's not fun. Um, but you know, you have to go through the tunnel to get to that light at the end of it. So, um, though, you know, I say I've been sober, it turns out, um, that I've been taking supplements and drinking superfoods that have fermentation in it, which has caused a few problems in my life. Um, I'm working on rectifying that, and I've eliminated the uh, fermented products uh, from my diet. Um, it's it's kombucha tea um, that I take for uh, joints and metabolism, um, and then uh, this like fish oil I take for my joints because um, I have a very bad knee, um, and it may or may not contain fermented cod al- uh, alcohol, fermented cod oil. Um, so I'm, I'm working on actually eliminating all kind of fermentation um, in my diet to, to maintain like a true sobriety. That being said, I, I did, uh, I don't know where to jump for on, on this one. This is a, kind of a very weird list you cannot see. Let's just kind of move through the list as I wrote them. So no segue, uh, but I accidentally talked shit at a train station. Um, I talked a little bit about this uh, two weeks ago's uh, 
no applause, just the clap, that the I was kind of looking down the train tracks, and uh, I, I, I didn't catch this guy's eye, but he must have thought I was trying to catch his eye, and he walked over, and I thought he was going to ask for a cigarette or what time it was, and the next thing I know, like, he's waving his arms at me, and he's like, you trying to start something? And I'm like, no. And I'm, you know, I'm not backing down, I'm not cowering, but I'm just like, okay, I don't understand what is happening all of a sudden. And I'm, I was I'm literally, like, befuddled. I, I just went, no, no? And he goes, because it looks like you're trying to start something. And I'm like, no, man, I, I, I thought you were going to ask me for a cigarette. Sorry, I didn't mean to mistake, you know, that. Um, he goes, well, you were looking at me. And I was like, no, I'm looking down the, you know, down the track to see if the train's coming. You know, and he's like, well, you know, you're starting something now because you're staring at me. And I'm like, well, you're talking to me. I'm... I'm making direct eye contact because it's the thing to do. Um, he goes, all right, man. But like, just don't start anything, okay, man? And I'm like, uh, okay. And I kind of, like, wandered back over, and I was smoking a cigarette, and I finished smoking my cigarette. And um, it turns out I was listening to a podcast that was really funny, and I started laughing. And I went, oh, shit, this guy's going to fucking think I'm laughing at him. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to write down that, you know, that I got to talk about this, like, accidentally um, talking shit thing. And I'm, like, you know, typing a note into my phone, and I'm going, holy fuck, like, you know, he's going to think I'm fucking tweeting this. So I got real into my head. Nothing happened. I got on the train. He got on the same fucking train car, and I just had my fucking back to him, um, you know, like, three seats ahead, because I, I didn't want to sit and face him, and then we're eyeballing each other, and then... You know, whatever this guy tries to fucking take me on when I get off a train on my way to work. I'm just like, I, man, I thought you wanted a cigarette. Sorry I misread that. I was being an all right person. You're being a fucking psychopath. My bad. Um, so that was interesting, kind of getting into, into my own head about it. Um, but once again, this isn't the first time. And it's been really weird at this train station where I've had... Very odd altercations. Um, I, I talked on the show a previous and on No Applause about the the guy who I thought was asking me once again for a cigarette or for what time it was, and he's telling me not to stand too close because he doesn't like white people. And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I'm not even going to, you know, delve into that. Speaking of people I shouldn't say things to, um, my niece, Katerina, who I one day hope to have a show with, um, or that I want her to have a show on this network, uh, is really into cosplay. Her friends are into cosplay, and that's all well and good. They wear wigs. They wear wigs. Blue, purple, blonde, whatever. And this was last week. I was recording Shooting the Gap, and uh, we went out, I think, for a cigarette afterwards, um, after recording, and, and came back in, and Katarina's friend was bald. And Ryan and I immediately were like, oh, shit, he, Ryan was like, dude, your parents are going to fucking kill me that, you know, we let you shave your head. This is ridiculous. And I was like, why the fuck are you bald? And she goes, well, my wig was itching. And I immediately went, so you shaved your head? Turns out she wears a wig normally because she has an autoimmune uh, deficiency. And I'm an asshole. Um, and, you know... Gonzo, I guess, had walked in before us, found out what was going on, and he's like, oh, my God, you guys don't know. And, you know, Ryan's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I acted very nonchalantly because, you know what, that's what I would want someone to do. I don't want them to act like it's a big fucking deal. I don't want a fucking pity party, or I don't want people fawning, going, oh, I'm so meh. 
she was like, oh, I have a, you know, this, this, and this. And I went, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Sorry about the misunderstanding with the wig. And then, you know, went back to, you know, work on stuff and uh, tried to make it as, you know, convenient as humanly possible, or uh, um, as calm as humanly possible, and, uh, you know, just status quo. Uh, but that was uh, weird. That was That's right up there with the story I've told before about um, telling the, the mentally challenged person to be quiet in the theater when I didn't realize they were mentally challenged. And I was like, oh, good, I'm the asshole telling the, the kid to, to be quiet. And then when the lights come up, I'm like, oh... I would have handled that differently had I known. Um, and we're coming up on, you know, close to time. What I'm going to call, you know, Love Watch 2014. Um, it's my best news, you know, uh, scare tactic voice. I actually had a really good time at Trivia uh, yesterday, at this time of recording. I actually got to socialize a bit more with everyone in the group. And I was on. I was funny. Uh, I had the golden hour without drinking so haha fuck you alcohol uh, we'll kind of bookend it on um, you know yay alcohol versus fuck you alcohol um, which is ironic because I wrote a, a, an ode to whiskey uh, to read out a poetry reading and uh, it, you know it ended with I love you and fuck you um, or fuck you I love you whatever it was uh, that dichotomy of, of, of a love hate relationship with alcohol but yeah so I had a really good time we didn't do well it was a lot of sports questions fuckers um but it turns out that their sports ringer may not be able to play so i may end up in the championship game um they're a top 10 team in the state i i I guess i should keep my that saturday open so i look forward to talking about that on the next couple weeks of um damn and let you know how that's going not only just the trivia but love watch 2014 um but i think i made some you know very um surface connections and when I say service, I don't mean, you know, superficial. I mean, I know I have a hard time letting people in, and I'm trying to be better about that, but I'm not knocking other people for having a similar kind of tough shell to, to uh, crack and, and get to know someone. So, you know, slow burn. Um, and I'm very okay with that because, like I said a couple weeks ago, um, I like the kind of getting-to-know-you phase of new relationships um, both romantic and platonic. So, um, I, I don't mind at all. You know, I did actually run into a girl while I was out and about uh, after recording um, uh, last Saturday with Deb. And uh, it was just, you know, I, I thought we had oh, this connection and I kept lighting her cigarettes and it was very gentlemanly and, and she, you know, was kind of doing that whole, like, fake interest um, in, in, in what I was talking about. Because that's like a girl uh, a trick is to let the guy talk because we like to talk about ourselves. But really, I, 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 I would say I don't. But let's face it, I have a podcast that's just me where I talk for fucking 20 minutes, rarely with taking a breath. So, and she went off with this guy in a sports jersey and I was like, hashtag no justice um, since I was being awesome. But you know what? It's one of those where it was another little step towards a l- facing my social anxiety and having a positive reaction to putting myself out there. Um, yeah, she went with this other dude and whatever, but you know what? I fucking talked to her and I had a conversation and I gave her my card and there you go. Like that's leaps and bounds ahead of where I was almost two years ago. Hell months ago at the beginning of this show, if not, you know, leaps and bounds in hindsight, it's baby steps right now. Um, 
and I'm getting better. Once again, I'm fixing myself. I can fix it. Um, and that's, I'm going to leave it on that positive note. So from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug. And from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my acute mental neuroses, finally, uh, as opposed to the last couple weeks. Good night, Internet. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive producers, Deb Barnett and Doug Nickberg. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!